Blog Talk Radio.
that you go ahead and you lock into it right now. You focus on it and you go, you know what, I'm, this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to get uh, myself pre-registered for this event and I'm going to get my neighbor to come with me. Because guess what, one rifleman on, a, on an uh, American city block is great, but two is better. Three are much better. Four is great. Keep going, and you'll uh, you'll end up with a rifleman platoon. All right. If you want to do everything you can to protect the rights, freedoms, and liberties that living in this nation affords you, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. You're going to have to get other folks involved. And why not the folks that uh, that live close to you? You should be able to walk out your front door, stand on the steps, and yell out, uh, "Rifleman!" and have uh, the doors open on houses up and down the street, to your right and left across the street from you. Have the doors open up, people walk out uh, onto their uh, sidewalks and uh, and lift their hands in recognition and shout out, here we are. <laughs> That's the only way we're going to get this done, guys. That's the only way we're going to get this done, is making sure that uh, that every everybody on every block in America have heard the Appleseed message about what we're trying to do, why we're doing it. I've heard about the folks who stood together in ranks on April 19, 1775, about who they were, why they were there, what they did, and why they did it. We need those same folks today, and we need them in the worst way today. You know, there's uh, I've talked to you guys about the movie that uh, Appleseed was in, Chuck Undersea directed a film called Behold a Pale Horse. And uh, uh, the movie is narrated by uh, Troy Daniels. And in it, uh, there are several times he talks about uh, about what America needs in order to save the nation. And in one of the clips, he says, we need a thousand Paul Revere's, and we need them today. Let's ride, boys. It's time to ride. And uh, I keep thinking about how appropriate that is. We need a thousand Paul Revere's, and it's time to ride. When Paul Revere heard that the British regulars were going out on a mission uh, to conquer in order to confiscate the arms and ammunitions and uh, and arrest the folks there in Concord. He didn't say, you know what, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure this is important, but it's not like it's the end of the world and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that they've probably taken care to defend themselves and hide everything. I'm I'm sure everything's gonna be okay. I'm I'm sure that I mean, somebody else is gonna take care of this. I know they will because it's too important for them not to. Instead he said, I will do this. I will ride. And he got on his horse and he took off, knowing full well that it, it could mean death or imprisonment for him. Uh, he knew that full well. Uh, he was already breaking the the, uh, the laws of the, uh, officially, uh, the officially in charge military governor whenever he, uh, whenever he broke curfew and left Boston, and yet he did. He did. He rode out to inform the the folks 
uh, in the area that the regulars were out. They were out on a mission. And every time he stopped somewhere, the folks that he spoke to took off in all directions to warn the rest of the folks. That's what we have to be doing right now. We can't, just like Paul Revere, we cannot say that this is something that we can leave to other folks. Look, I'm just going to, I'm sure that somebody will take care of this. I'm sure that there are other people that uh, that watched the presidential debates and they saw uh, they saw what needs to be done and then they're going to do it. They'll take care of it, okay? Somebody always takes care of it. When the power goes out, somebody takes care of it. When the water goes out, somebody takes care of it. Uh, when the when the television stations or the uh, or the internet goes down, somebody takes care of it, right? It'll always somebody else will always get the job done. That's not the case with the freedoms and liberties that you enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. The responsibility for safeguarding those rights and freedoms falls squarely on your shoulders. When I say your, I'm talking about each and every American. Listening, each and every, and not just those listening. I'm doesn't matter if they're listening to this show or not. The responsibility still falls on their shoulders, their their own individual shoulders. The responsibility for safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that each and every one of us enjoys by virtue of living in this nation falls on the shoulders of each and every American out there. This is not something that can be left to to the the category of somebody will take care of this. Um, this isn't the power or the water or the internet or or the, elect, uh, the electricity or, or or anything like that. This isn't like uh, somebody will fix the pothole in the road. It's especially not like that, right? Because the pothole never gets fixed. This is up to you to fix it. I'm sure a lot more things will get done uh, and would get would get fixed fa- faster if the folks living on the street, if each of them were given a uh, a five gallon can of pothole fixing stuff. I said, "Here it is. You see a pothole, you fix it." <clears throat> I know I would. Matter of fact, I've done that many times. I even got stopped once before uh, by uh, the Highway Patrol. Because they saw me backed up to the uh, uh, to the the asphalt stack on the side of the road, and I was shoving it in my truck. <laughs> the guy and the the uh, uh, the patrol officer came up and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Now I explained to him what I was doing. I said, "Look, there's a pothole right down the road. It's a pretty big pothole, and I'm going to take some of this stuff and take it down there and." I had uh, uh, a big steel camping bar with me and a sledgehammer and a big steel plate. I said, I'm going to put it into the hole, and then I'm going to hammer and ram it down so that it's flush. He said, well, you can't do that. I said, well, why not? He said, the highway department has to do that. Because you get the stuff out of your truck right now and, and move on. And I did. And then I came back an hour later, and uh, I put it back in the truck and went down there and filled the hole. Because the hole needed to be filled. That's 
That's what we have to do. You guys have to get out there. You've got to have to fill the holes. We can't leave it to other people. We can't let uh, whoever, we can't let it leave this to whoever for it to get done. We're going to have to do it ourselves. And that's the way it has always been done in America. We're going to have to fix it ourselves. We have to take care of it ourselves. And by taking care of it, I mean becoming invested in your local area, your local community. You have to become invested in your local community. You have to plug yourself in. You have to pay attention to what's going on, and you're going to have to start getting involved in the things that are going on in your community. And listen, this is not as uh, is not as horrible as it sounds. It sounds pretty horrible, I admit, uh, because I every time I imagine myself going to some kind of meeting and having to listen to the uh, to the BS or the arguments and stuff like that, I really uh, I really dread it. But then I go anyway. All right, I go anyway because it's got to be done. We have to figure it out ourselves. We can't leave it to other other folks to do. When we do that, we get a lot of stuff that we would never have gotten if we would have been there uh, to give it a thumbs down, to give the idea a thumbs down, if we would have gotten involved in it, to give it a thumbs down. How do you think all of the stuff that uh, gets pushed through uh, in the nation, the special interest groups that are pushing through the things that they want, that's just a small group of folks, but they've made their voices so loud that uh, the that the city council members or the state senators or the mayors or the governors or the senators or congressmen, that they do uh, whatever the special interest group wants so that they will shut up. Well, we... The American citizens, we the people of this nation, have to do the same thing. We have to start uh, making our voices heard in the same way that these special interest groups are making their voices heard so that our senators and our congressmen, our mayors, our city councilmen, our government, our uh, governors will do what we ask them to do so that we will shut up. Well, our number is 347-308-8790. And uh, we'd like you to call in and uh, thank your local Appleseed crew because you know what they did. You saw them doing it. You were proud of them for what they did. And we want you to tell us about it. We want you to tell us about the folks that passed their uh, PCs, folks that passed, uh, uh, they got a red hat or a green hat or shot the rifle standards. But you were there and you saw it, and you were proud of them. So we'd like for you to call in and let us know about it so that we can be proud of them too. We ask a lot of our members. We ask a lot. We put the spurs to them and... And we give them a hard ride, and we usually uh, point them toward the barn and slap them on the ass, and uh, and that's how they get put away. They get rode hard and put away wet, and 
We don't do it because we don't like our members. We do it because we have a mission, and we're trying really hard to get it done, and we don't know it, we, we don't know if what we're going to do is going to have any effect in time for it to mean anything. Regardless, we're going to keep doing it. We've got to keep trying. That's the only answer to this. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I told you a little bit earlier about the zombies invading California. Now, this is very serious, guys. Zombies are serious things. They're very hard to get rid of. They're they're dirty. They're nasty. They're, they're they have no manners. Uh, they're unethical. They're immoral, and uh, and they simply cannot be allowed to exist. So they must be put down. And in California, where the zombies have appeared, uh, there's a man up there who's trying to get the folks together in time to put down this horrible uh, zombie rific zombie apocalypse, all right? Uh, now you you know that we're just joking, but I'm going to let uh, Bob Q10 tell you more about it. Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott, what's going on? I wonder if you got the range right now. i got a couple of instructors here called over chasing a pot of zombies out through the brush here. Looks like they're heading back towards the back of the hills here, and we got a couple of them, but what I tell you, they're all around us. Anyways, <laughs> we spent the rally point. We did a rally point at the Appleseed Range of Pyru. It's going to be on October 27th and 28th. We're going to really root these guys out. Oh, we just turned around a corner. There's a whole horde of them. Come on, man. Fix your bayonet. Scout, send reinforcements quick as you can. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Listen, we got, uh, we've got we uh, got Bob Ten out in California, and... Uh, and what he's doing is he's uh, he's going to be running an experimental uh, apple seed, and uh, I'm sure it's going to have a, a bit of a uh, a different uh, course of fire than uh, normal, and it's going to have some some different targets. If you go to the the uh, the California the state board in California. Uh, you can see some of the uh, the flyers that they have up for this, and I think that they've I think that they've done a great job on this. I don't know who did it. I don't know if this was uh, the work of Nero or who out there, but they did a great job uh, on the flyers for this. And this is going to be on October 27th and 28th, and uh, it's going to be I think it's going to be a very fun event, and. And this is just one of the examples that uh, we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks of uh, thinking, uh, thinking outside the the normal parameters of how we usually think in order to uh, in order to put the the mission forward. And uh, and there's no reason that it can't be fun, uh, you know, or exciting uh, in a different way. Than uh, a regular apple seed. Now, there's lots of guys around the nation who have done a lot of things like this. Who have done they've set up special events and uh, and they've made them really exciting and uh, they've made them very fun. And I'm not saying that a normal uh, apple seed two day weekend event is not a fun thing. I think it is. 
Now, for me as an instructor, a lot of times it's not as fun as I would like because I'm usually not behind the rifle. But but for the folks that are, and the apple seed is really a, a great event. But there's no reason that you can't spice it up some by doing something like this. Now, I'm not sure, like I said, of all of the uh, all of the special things that are going to be included in it. Uh, I'd like to get uh, uh, some more of the the California folks. Bob, now Bob was on the phone just saying, like I said, he was just uh, he was just uh, joking with us because he's. Uh, Still at work, and if he's, uh, or maybe he's on the way to teach, he had to teach a classes in the evening, and he couldn't talk. He said he would call in for just a second. But uh, uh, well, I'm hoping one of the other California instructors call in to uh, to talk to us a little bit more about it. Maybe if uh, I think Bob's even going to try and get Nero to call in. So if Nero, if you're out there listening, if you could call in uh, and uh, give us a little bit more information about this. Uh, that would be great, or any of the California instructors who are uh, who are privy to how the event's going to run would give us a call. And then Bob said he would make time next week uh, to call in and tell us more about it. But I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to start uh, pointing attention to it tonight, and uh, and start getting uh, getting folks aware of what's going on, because there I want folks to realize that there. There are plenty of ways that we can be that we can be working and promoting apple seed, and at the same time just having a, a really good time. And uh, and like I said, I don't want to I don't want to make anybody think that that's not what happens at a regular event because it is uh, a regular apple seed event. Uh, I think is a really great time. You get a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of good folks together in the same place, uh, talking about uh, the same things and shooting and learning about uh, American history, American heritage. I think it's a it's a great weekend. It's a great uh, event. But there are also things that you can do to uh, to to amp up or push up the the promotions ability of it. And that's what uh, Bob Tutan is doing out in California with having the uh, the zombie seed, and that's uh, where it's going to be. Uh, I believe it's going to be pretty much like uh, a regular apple seed, other than there's going to be some of the uh, the zombie style targets and some reactive targets. Uh, I believe he told me that they have the uh, zombie red coat targets that they were going to be using. These are the targets that uh, that look just like uh, red coat. Uh, red coat soldiers, but they are, uh, but they are red coat zombies. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of different ways uh, that we can that we can uh, promote apple seed. There's no reason that we can't uh, that we can't try some new things because. Uh, I looked at some of the folks, uh, uh, some of the replies or the posts to this, and a lot of a lot of people are really excited by it because they think it's just going to be a really good, fun shoot, and I think it will be. Now, before you <laughs> before you dream up some new thing and uh, and do it, you'll have you'll need to run it by uh, 
uh, admin and make sure that Fred approves it. And that's what Bob did on this one. He got Fred to approve uh, the shoot. And uh, and uh, and as long as as long as the event has all of the things that are required for it to be an apple seed, and uh, and that's a very easy list of things. You can look at the instructor's manual, uh, at the shoot boss manuals and stuff like that, and you'll see the things that are needed that are required for it, it to be an apple seed event. As long as you stay within those parameters, there's no reason that uh, that you can't do some more things to to make the event uh you know a little bit more exciting. All right, uh, we got another caller here. Uh area code 619208. Uh, you're on the air. 619208. Uh you're on the air. Can you hear me? Okay, maybe this uh, person just wants to listen. I'll just uh, I'll put you back in the queue. But if you want to if you want to say something or something like that, uh, I'll get uh I'll get the call screener to to talk to you. And when he does, it'll be off the air. Anytime you guys call into the show and the call screener talks to you, it's off the air. So so you don't have to. If you're just listening, just tell him that you're just listening. Uh, you don't have to worry because he won't be on the air at that time. All right. And uh, we have, uh, we've got about 46 more lines open still. Uh, for you to call in and to tell your local Appleseed crews thanks or to give us an after-action report of an event that just happened or to promote an upcoming event. You can do uh, you can do all of those by calling in at 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. And uh, I'm sure that your local crews will be very happy that you took the time to mention them uh, on the air and uh, get their names out, I want to uh, I want to thank uh, an instructor that we have named Bullet, and uh, she's a female instructor, and uh, because of her uh, of her situation with uh, working at uh, her church, she can only come on Saturdays. But listen, I want to tell you that she makes up for it because Bullet always brings a carload of people with her when she comes to the event. So she comes and she instructs. But when her car arrives here, and I always laugh because she bought a uh, uh, a police car, so it always looks like uh, always looks like the police are arriving. It's a it's an unmarked. Uh, uh, can't remember if it's a if it's a Lincoln or a, a Crown Vic, but uh, you know it's the dark colored with the uh, uh, with the spotlights mounted on it. But when she shows up, she opens the door and out piles a whole crew of folks uh, every time she shows up. So she always is bringing folks with her and. Uh, I don't know. You can't beat that because if we have uh, five instructors here and everyone brings uh, three folks with them, then we've automatically got 15 people before any of the other people arrive. We've got 15 people uh, that are showing up just from the instructors. 
So, so I think that's that's absolutely fantastic, and uh, I want to thank Bullet for that. And I want you guys to thank uh, the members of your local crew. Uh, and uh, let me finish about Bullet. She doesn't show up at uh, she doesn't show up at an event. She's a uh, a fairly new uh, IIT, but she does not show up at an event without being ready to take uh, her next uh, uh, PC. Okay, and she's always prepared for it. She always uh, flies through it, and she's always doing her absolute best on the line. Uh, I never have to remind. Uh, I never have to remind her to be with the attendees because she always is. And of course, that's one of my one of my pet peeves uh, as far as the instructors and instructing goes. I always try and tell the instructors. Uh, at our uh, at our morning meetings, is that as an instructor, you need to be where the students are. If they're set up for instruction, then that's where you need to be. You need to be set up watching the instruction too. If they're down at the target line, then that's where you need to be down at the target line, looking at their targets and helping them. If they're on the line in prep, then that's where you need to be on the line with them, uh, talking to them, uh, guiding them through their prep, etc. So wherever the students are, that's where the instructors need to be. Uh, whenever I see uh, students down in their prep uh, on the line and I see uh, several instructors uh, back behind the line sitting down, I'll always go back there and uh, and get them and ask them where the students are and, uh, and point them toward what they need to be doing because uh, there's absolutely nobody any good, including, including you, the instructor, if you are not either watching the instruction to reinforce uh, your understanding of it or down at the target line, helping to interpret the targets, helping to interpret the uh, the holes in the target, and combining that with what you saw the students doing on the line, helping you to understand the cause and effect of the situation, uh, then you're not learning. And the students are not getting the benefit of of you as an instructor. So instructors are always wherever the students are, all right. And she does a great job of that. Both does a great job of that. All right. Uh, so if you would like to call in to uh, to thank one of your local crew, then that's what this time is for. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. And uh, if you have an event that you want to give an A an after action on, then that's what we want to hear too. If you have an upcoming event that you want to promo, then that's what we're here for too. Also, if you guys, if any of you guys are doing any kind of uh, commercial stuff, and you would like to get it on the air and uh, get your Appleseed brothers and sisters made aware of what you're doing, then we would be glad to post that, too. Uh, as always, uh, if you're looking for some way to clean your body, wash your hands, wash your face, soap up your beard, uh, and the best place to find that product is by going to Blue Feather and Thomas Glock's Handmade Soap Company. And uh, you can... You can find that by Googling 
blue feather soap. I think it's just that easy. I think that's how I find it. And I'll tell you from personal experience, they have some great handmade soap. Uh, if you want some shaving soap, they got that. And the thing I like about their soap is that, and, and what I found that makes it different, I think, than from most soaps, is uh, is that they they have oils in the soap. So as you wash your hands uh, with it, at least for me, when I wash my hands with it, I guess it uh, moisturizes them too because, especially in the winter, when it gets in the winter time and I wash my hands and I go outside uh, and my hands all start cracking. And once they get cracks all through them and I get diesel or uh, our, our engine gunk on there or, or brake cylinder junk in there, then it becomes pretty much a permanent thing. You know, there's no way to get to get it out of your hands unless you use like a belt sander or something. Anyway, when I used uh, Blue Feathers uh, soap, it prevented my hands from cracking in the first place. So if you're looking for the soap, go to uh, Google Blue Feather soap and uh, Blue Feather and Tile Clock. I'll be glad to sell you some soap. And at the same time, all the dollars that you send them for soap, they will put into gas for their gas tanks to get them to the next event. Uh, Blue Feather and Tall Scott are, uh, they're uh, two of the first, one, two, three, four, five, they're two of the first five instructors, or first four instructors, I believe, in New Mexico. And uh, and they've been going strong ever since then. And uh, I, I greatly respect what they're doing, and I really respect their personal philosophy, too, on what they're doing and why they're doing it. So thanks to you guys. Uh, and Thomas Glock says their latest creation is a great moisturizing shower gel and shampoo conditioner. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, airport approved. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, and as I said, Thomas Glock has been instructing since 2008. Okay, close to five years, guys. All right. They were the first instructors in New Mexico. Uh Thomas Glock, Blue Feather, Sam D, and uh, I, for some reason I can't think of the the fourth person. There was a Texan that was there, but they were the first instructors here in uh, in New Mexico. They've been going strong ever since. <clears throat> all right, so uh, and uh, and I'll also say that uh, the uh, the intro music that you hear. Uh, for the show is from uh, uh, I'm having a middle block right now. Uh, you can help me out, uh, Sam, by posting it. Uh, for some reason, I can't think of it. Uh, Poker Face, and uh, you can uh, find out more about the group Poker Face and uh, and listen to to more of their music by going to pokerface.com, all right? And I appreciate them uh, giving us the, loaning us the music for uh, for our intro music. <clears throat> and, of course, uh, uh, if you want to help out with here with me at the radio station, then uh, you can attend event, an event sponsored by BattleRoadUSA.com. 
And uh, you can find out more about Battle Road by going to battleroadusa.com. We have an event, uh, our next event coming up the November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. The 3rd and the 4th, I mean, the 2nd and 3rd, are going to be the Level 1, Level 2 handgun courses. And listen, Level 1, Level 1 does not mean it's a baby course. Unless you consider a drawing from a concealed position, taking a step offline and putting three to four rounds per second uh, to the central nervous system of your target, a baby course, then uh, I don't know what to say because that's what you'll be doing by the end of your level one. You'll be uh, drawing from uncovered. You'll be safely drawing from uncovered. You'll be stepping offline. You'll probably be putting three to four rounds, and this will all occur within three seconds. And when, you'll be, when you've been given the, the command to shoot within three seconds, You'll have drawn, stepped offline, and put three to four rounds into the center of your target. And then you'll be scanning and uh, looking for uh, additional threats all within that time period. So if you consider that baby, then, yeah, you can bypass that. Otherwise, uh, level one is a great place to start. And level two continues uh, continues to expand on this by, uh, by having you using... Uh, uh, shooting at multiple targets in uh, in different positions and uh, uh, and with a great deal more uh, speed. So, and then the second, third, and fourth. The fourth, the course on the fourth is a fighting shotgun course. All right, and uh, we just had one of these these last, this last month, and it went really great. So November fourth will be fighting shotgun. And this is going to teach you uh, uh, how to uh, – it's going to teach you how to use your shotgun in uh, uh, in close – in areas like hallways. It's going to teach you uh, weapon retention, uh, how, to, uh, how to do speed shooting, combat reloads, uh, how, to, uh, how to switch from buckshot to slug uh, in your loading sequence, and uh, how to – zero your shotgun with slugs. You'll also be able to see your shotgun patterns, how your patterns with buckshot look at uh, at different distances. And it'll give you a great deal of experience in using your shotgun uh, as a defensive slash offensive tool, all right? So for more information about this, go to battleroadusa.com. And if any of you guys have uh, any uh any commercial ventures that you'd like to get on the air, then please contact me and let me know, and we'll do our best to do so. We're not uh, charging anyone for this, so don't worry, Blog Talk. We're not uh, skimming money from you. I'm not charging anybody for this. We're doing it uh, for the benefit of our uh, Appleseed brothers and sisters. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I was hoping I was going to get some more of the uh, the promotions folks from Appleseed to 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 uh, all in tonight because I'd like for them to talk about their promotions efforts and how they're going. Now, if you have if if you have been doing promotions in your area, uh, and it, you don't need to be uh, a uh, uh, like a certified or titled uh, promotions person, if you've been doing promotions in your area then we would like for you to call in so that uh, we can hear what you've been doing. Because uh, 
what you've been doing may be something that everybody can do. It might be something that uh, that other folks haven't thought of, all right? And just like I put in the uh, in the show notes, is that promotions, as as horrible a, a dirty word as it is, uh, without all of us uh, in the program working on promotions, and look, you don't have to be any type of an Appleseed member or instructor, et cetera, to do promotions. You don't have to. You don't need anything. You can just. You can be anybody walking in off the street, and you can help push the mission forward by getting the word out about it. And uh, and if you would like some uh, uh, some advice or suggestions on how to do it, I'd be more than glad to do that. You can PM me. You can email me. You can call me. And I'll be more than glad uh, to to help you out uh, in any way I can, pointing you toward ways that you can help promote the show. Now you can you can call me at two five four two one seven one three two five. That's two five four two one seven one three two five. That's my cell phone, and uh, I will be glad to help you. You can email me. At RWVA Range Scout, all one word, lowercase, all WVA, R A N G E S C O U T, at gmail.com. All right? And I will be glad to answer you and point you in any direction, get you linked up with uh, your local crew or with the national crew. Because, like I said, the promotion job is one of those things that, just like we we're talking about earlier, that everybody thinks everyone else is doing this. Everyone is saying, yeah, look, I'm going to do the, the shoot this weekend. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get it set up, and I'm going to run the shoot, and uh, then I'm going to pack everything up, bring it home, do the paperwork and stuff like that, and uh, that's my contribution to the opposite effort. And it's great that you do that, and and God bless you for it. But that's just the cream of... Uh, off of the top of the milk. That's the icing on the cake. <clears throat> the the real job, uh, of course, is occurring between when the event ends on Sunday evening and when the next event starts on Saturday morning. Okay, that is where the most important part of this uh, the mission is running. Because without people on the line, then the whole being on the line running a thing doesn't work so well, does it? You've got to have folks on the line in order for mission to run. And we've got to have more folks on the line. All right, we're going to take, uh, uh, we're going to take a caller here. We've got uh, uh, the heretic in Lubbock who would like to, uh, it would like to say some things on the air. And there we go. Heretic, you're on the air. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? We're great. We got a shoot coming up October twentieth and twenty first here in Lubbock. Just want to invite everybody out. Okay. The twentieth and twenty first. <clears throat> October twentieth and twenty first in Lubbock. And uh and how many events are y'all running through this year, do you know? Um this one 
one this year, this year so far. We might be able to squeeze in another one by the end of the year. We'll have to see. Okay. All right. And uh, and how many folks do you guys usually get at the event? Oh, uh, 12 to 15, sometimes 18, maybe 20. We okay. Can get, we can get 25 how many, on the line. How many, uh, how many uh, what is the uh, shooter capacity at the range? 25. 25 is, the, okay. is, is not what we can get. We might be able to squeeze another two or three on, but that's what we shoot for. Okay, 25. All right, so there you go. And listen, don't think I'm saying anything about this to, to you here, Dick. I'm just saying that this is the case <clears throat> with most of our events, is that we've got uh, a line that will hold about 25 folks, and we're getting 12 to uh, 18 or so on it. I mean, we've got about 10 spaces open. And normally, uh, normally the it doesn't take any more any more instructors or really any more supplies than you get in the box uh, to to run the event at 25. So what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to think of better ways uh, for all of us to be able to get the word out locally and nationally. And uh, what do you, what are you guys using there in Lubbock? Have you found any kind of special secrets that you can share with us on how to get well, the uh, the news out? Yeah, we've got a lot of radio stations here, and uh, at the bare minimum, I get PSAs out, public service announcements, and I will write them up for about 15, 20 seconds, and they're real good about airing them. Uh, usually get about two or three interviews on the radio on morning drives. Well, we've had a, we've had a noon drive. Uh, a noon hour and an afternoon also, so we're getting on the radio. Um, we've got a gun show the week, a week before the shoot, so we're going to have a table there with a Uncle Sam apple seed I want you banner with a sign-up sheet. We get people to leave their emails. Uh, we've got a an email address, lubbockappleseed at yahoo.com, dedicated for just the local area, and we send emails out to people whenever we have shoots coming up. And, well, man, listen, here, Dick, I'm, my jaw is dropping because I'm actually talking to a person who has been using uh, radio to promote yep. apple seeds. I just, uh, I, I'm speechless. Listen, why don't you give us a quick, uh, a quick course on how you contact the station how, what you do to write up the PSA and what you do to get them to air it for you? The PSA is going to be pretty limited. I include uh, learn some fascinating history uh, surrounding the events of April 1975, perhaps the most important day in American history. Uh, learn more about the American rifleman, the heritage of the American rifleman, and learn how to shoot like you never thought you could. Uh, and then I'll give the uh, New Deal Lubbock, New Deal slash Lubbock, New Deal just north of Lubbock. And um, the times, and I'll leave uh, my phone number, my cell number, so people can call me. Then we'll get on the radio. Uh, I send emails out. I call stations. And uh, I've over 
over the years have known a few of the radio personalities, and so that kind of helps uh, helps open the door. But just sending out emails and making the email interesting, uh, they're real happy. We've had uh, three TV shops out here, so uh, we tried to get the TV included out here also. Well, let's go back for I'm gonna, I want you to talk about the uh, – the TV things in just a second, but I'd like you to go back to the to the PSAs. All right, so you write up the PSA and then you uh, you send it into the station, and you don't even have to do it, right? You just uh, send right. them the copy, and they read it over the air for you. That's right. It's easy. And you know what? Uh, I bet that even if you didn't know. The uh, the folks, even if you didn't have some experience with him, and listen, uh, Heretic is no different in his town of Lubbock than any of the rest of you guys are in your town. You lived in whatever town you lived in long enough to know somebody who knows somebody uh, who knows the radio station folks. Here in uh, in our part of the the world, uh, the the person who owns a radio station happened to be. Um, uh, their wife happened to be a member of the junior league, so my wife knew them, and uh, and that's our connection to it. So there's there's always a way that you can uh, either get to the person who uh, who owns the station or who can get the stuff out to, out for you. And these are public service announcements, PSA. They're they're not uh, ads, commercial ads that have to be paid for. So you can just send these in to the radio station and uh, with a polite email and saying, listen, if you have time, would you please announce this upcoming event uh, as a personal, as a uh, uh, public uh, service announcement for a nonprofit organization's event? And uh, more than likely, they'll be glad to get them on the air for you, all right? It may not happen if it's a... Uh, uh, if it's a huge uh, uh, inner-city radio station with uh, 2 million listeners or something like that. But every town, and I don't care where you are, every town has uh, a local radio station so that you can you can talk to the local radio folks, and they, usually they're more than glad to do this for you. And it, it only takes a few minutes to write out the public service announcement. Heck, I bet if you even uh, PM Heretic, he would just send you what he uh, has written out for it, and you don't even have to write it. Uh, or if you want me to, I'll be glad to write it for you. But I'm sure Heretic would be glad to email you a copy of what he has written out uh, as a PSA, and you can send that right into your station with a nice, uh, polite email asking them to put it on. That's a good chance to start running. And I bet, let's see, Lubbock has, uh, I think there's over 100,000 people there, right? 250. 250,000 folks, and this uh, this radio station, while it may not, every single person may not hear it, uh, it would be accessible to all of the all of the folks there in town, and it's doing its job without you having to lift a finger, other than to send it in initially. And uh, if you're in a large market like we are, you call up one uh, group that has five or six stations and you've just got five or six stations doing the same thing for you at the same time. Perfect. 
television stations love to look for public interest stories. They're always looking for something new and neat like this. Right. We've had uh, we've had three different television stations come out to the the villa shoots, and uh, we've had the local uh, the local main newspaper come out and. Uh, they did a they did a a story on the shoot and we had a an above the fold front page story uh, on Appleseed and all I all I had to do was just call them and ask them and they came out. Listen, the most they're going to do, the, the worst that can happen is they say no, we don't want to come out. All right, and the best is they come out and do the story and you get uh, uh, listen. You're probably never going to get a real like tsunami uh, or tidal wave of folks. From really from anything, uh, unless it, unless you were lucky enough to get uh, to get it out on uh, something like uh, the Rush Limbaugh Hannity Show or something like that, something where you you reach millions and millions of people at once, <laughs> and even the uh, even the television show that uh, or the news story that they did here in the Villa, uh, I later found out that they syndicated it and it went. Uh, from Waco to uh, to Dallas to Houston and San Antonio and everywhere else. Uh, so I guess it eventually ended up with seven or eight million folks. You're not going to get a huge tidal wave of folks from this, but you're going to get uh, some interest from it. You're going to get folks um, to start hearing about Appleseed. And unless folks uh, unless folks are uh, are hearing about Appleseed, of course, the best way is word of mouth. That's the way that uh, it gets them the, the largest number of folks to attend. That's when they hear about uh, Appleseed from a trusted friend or family member, and they need no other exposure to the program in order to get them to attend. Unless it's that, then uh, folks are going to need uh, to be exposed to the program uh, probably several times before they end up coming. So I wish that there was a shortcut or a silver bullet for promotion, but apparently there's not. I mean, I've been searching for it, and I don't think anybody has ever found it because it doesn't exist. So what you're going to have to do instead is you're going to have to work on your promotions program, just like you do when you're building a uh, building a wall. You're going to have to... Uh, uh, you're gonna to have to. You're gonna to have to. Yeah, you have to build it one brick at a time. So. So that's where two it is. Things, two more things that we do. We've got trifold uh, scout. Uh, I, I'm sure you've seen the trifolds that Stickler put together. I guess the the, the, the Texas trifolds or the yes, uh, or the North Texas trifolds. Texas, I, I, I believe they just cover the whole Texas. Uh, we did this about right. uh, a year and a half, two years ago, and I still have a bunch. I, right, I right. also put my phone number and I staple a small piece of paper to it with the current shoot date on it. Go to all the gun stores, uh, Academy, Gander Mountain, uh, Jeebos, hardware stores. You leave them out. Most of them have bulletin boards that you can put it on. A lot of them will leave, let you leave it on the counter. That's another good way to get them. Uh, Craigslist. We put a uh, ad on Craigslist, and you'd be surprised how many people have application or apps 
on their smartphone that pops up and lets them know uh, rifle or, you know, keywords and uh, huh. another good exposure. Well, I didn't know that. And, you know, also somebody else was telling me that they had heard about uh, the Alpha Seed Project from a uh, an Internet, uh, I don't even know what you call it, an information kind of thing called oh. Reddit. Hmm. Have you heard of this, Reddit? No, sir. Okay, well, if you guys Google Reddit, you'll see that it's a, it is like a continuously moving uh, real-time information stream uh, kind of thing. And, uh, and obviously, apparently, it's, it's, it is followed by a huge number of folks. So if you guys will Google Reddit and then start uh, entering into the, uh, into the Reddit timeline, uh, your experience is at Appleseed and stuff like that, then it's going to get red. Uh, go ahead, uh, Heretic. No, nothing else. Uh, I, I don't know. I just thought I'd mention to say, uh, I got to meet you uh, when you came out to Amarillo, fill in for Paul right. about two years ago. So, right, and I really I enjoyed, enjoyed that, that shoot. Good shoot. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed meeting all the folks. And your family, some of your family members were there too, right? Yes, sir. I had my, one or two of my boys and uh, another visitor that we brought up with us. So. Right. And when you mention the uh, the trifles, because that's something I do too, and here's another thing I do, and I don't go overboard with this, but if you think that uh, that where you're putting out uh, uh, some of the information might be a uh, like a high traffic area or a good probability, uh, I've gone and... Uh, taken uh, one of the green coats, because a lot of times we'll shoot up the red coats and the AQT and stuff, but I have a few green coats left. And I'll take uh, maybe three or four of the green coats and I'll fold them in half so that all the targets are showing. And then I'll staple a trifold and my Appleseed business card onto it. And then I'll put it on the counter at uh, Academy. And they, they they said that I could. And I asked them beforehand. I try not to ever put stuff out yep. without getting folks okay because I don't want it to end up in the garbage. And so I'll ask folks at Academy and stuff like that, can I put this on the counter? And they'll say, no problem, go ahead. And, uh, and the target on there almost always draws folks' attention. Anytime you have a target in a place where shooters are going to see it, they're gonna they're gonna pick it up. They're gonna look at it because they want to see what it's about. So you have that target with the trifold uh, and your business card stapled to it, and you've got a real good chance of somebody picking it up and reading it. Good idea. Business so, cards. That's another thing. Uh, print up business cards. I I be I'm I'm at the gun counter looking at ammo, and somebody comes up and you strike up a conversation, hand them a card. Yeah, exactly. And look, you guys, don't worry. You can, you can get the, uh, you can get the business cards absolutely dirt cheap. Five bucks, I think, is all it costs from Vistaprint. And you just now, you, it can't be a real customized one. Almost everybody I see uses like the uh, American flag background that they have. But it doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's expensive or anything. It's five bucks, I think, for either 250 or 500 and uh, you just can put your name, put the Appleseed website. Uh, for me, I just go ahead and put my 
my email and my my cell phone number on there. And you know, my cell phone number is up on billboards across the country, and uh, and my email is all over too. And listen, I don't get uh, no, I don't have to worry about. It. I don't get uh, overrun with uh, uh, with creeps or weirdos or anything. So. Uh, I have no problem with that. Listen, hold on. I'm not going to hold. I'm, I'm not going to hang up on you here. Take my number. Bring another caller on uh, on the line. Uh, one high. Welcome to the show. Are you there? One high. Uh, area code seven four zero five zero three. Yes, sir. I'm still here. This is Cutter. I had to jump off there for a second. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. Listen, I apologize to you because. I swear I'm looking at this switchboard, and I swear I did not see it saying that you wanted to talk, and it said you had a 15-minute hold time. Did you really? Were you really holding on for 15 minutes? Uh, I've been on for 16 and a half, but uh, I didn't enter any kind of any information like that. No, I'm sorry. Oh, well, never mind. Never mind. The call screener says he that he mixed the folks up. Okay, sorry about no. that. All right. Well, listen. Tell us what's going on. Uh, and it said you were your your name was one high. Is that right? No, sir. Okay. All right. Then who am I talking to? This is Cutter. Okay, Cutter. All right. Are you an Apple Seed instructor? Remember? I'm sorry. Say again. Are you an Apple Seed instructor or a member? No, uh, I went to a shoot-up in uh, uh, New Philadelphia, my son and I did, uh, last year. And uh, just uh, just like to listen in when I can, and we'd like to go back and get our rifleman's batch. Oh, well, listen, well, tell us about the shoot. Let me ask you first uh, a couple of things that I always ask folks when I find out that they've attended an event or when they show up on Saturday. First thing is, how did you hear about Appleseed, and, and what caused you to actually uh, flip the switch and attend an event? Uh, I had heard about it from a friend and went to the uh, to the website and checked that out and uh, actually signed up for uh, one of the – or tried to sign up for one of the uh, locations and contacted uh, one of the instructors, and, and I guess uh, – the session had already closed, but he goes, it's okay, come on up. Uh, you and your son come up, we'll fit you in. And I uh, went up there and uh, had a very, very good time. I was impressed by the, the history and the, the things. In fact, my son and I uh, both talk about that to this day, uh, about the things that we learned. And we bought uh, the Paul Revere book and uh, read that through and through. Just the history of this country is not, and I'll use the word preached, in the schools or talked about. And it's just a shame that we as Americans don't know what really happened uh, during that war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't know what, they don't know what happened. And and sometimes even when they do, uh, we don't like myself. You know, I, for for many years, I my mind was just in other places. It just wasn't right. Let me just say right. that right out loud. My mind was not right, and 
it took me a little while until I finally ran head on uh, into the Shotgun News ad that uh, Fred had written, and I finally read it. I'd, I'd been uh, quickly turning the page to get away from it for years. So I wouldn't have to read that little tiny print and listen to some madman uh, going on and on about uh, the Revolutionary War, which is ancient history, dusty, a bunch of guys in tights, you know, prancing around. And right. uh, and th- and that was just, it was horribly wrong of me. And I'm certainly oh. ashamed of it now. But, but so many people Sorry. do not know about the history. They don't know that, uh, that, uh, that this nation barely made it. We, we, we barely made it by just a hair's breadth that we actually became a nation. You know, could have yes. really gone the other way, but it didn't because of a uh, because of a uh, the determination of uh, a small group of men. Yes, it was it was the minority of, of the of the, the populace that actually uh, held the the Revolutionary War. My uh, my father-in-law was actually a, a former teacher, and his specialty was uh, American history. And I came home and told him, I said, do you know that Paul Revere said the regulars are coming instead of the British are coming? And he looked at me, you know, rather strangely and says, what? And and I said, yeah. I said, he actually said the regulars are coming, not the British are coming. Because everyone who was here at that time, if you weren't born here, uh, was usually of British descent. You were British. Yeah. And they considered yeah, so- themselves. Britain's misplaced, you know, from the uh, uh, from the mother country. Right, and you know that's like saying the army's coming. The army's coming. We wouldn't have said, you know, uh, the you know, uh, and and name their their heritage. We would have, we would have said, you know, the, the the army's coming. Right. Yeah. I told my guys. I said if somebody came riding by just now on a horse and they were screaming, the Texans are coming. The Texans are coming. I said you just kind of look at them, kind of like. You know, uh, like, what's he talking about? We're already here, aren't we? Because yeah, well, uh, if somebody yells the Texas are coming, you better look out. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. A lot of folks don't know that. And, and yes, that is a small thing. But the fact is, is that they don't know all of the rest of the stuff that goes with that, too. They don't know the story uh, of the determination of the folks. They don't know about the sacrifice of the folks. They don't know that whenever those folks signed their name, uh, on the Declaration of Independence, that they were signing their own death warrant. They didn't know that that this nation would win. They had no idea that it would win. As a matter of fact, there was a very good chance that the nation would lose, and every single person on that paper would be hunted down and executed. So they were taking a great chance in doing that. All of the folks who stood together on that day were taking a great chance just by standing there or by showing up with their muskets that their names would be put down and they would be hunted down and executed. So yeah. uh, there's a there's a great deal of history from that moment on because that is the start of the uh, the history of America, uh, not of the Americas, but of America, the history of America. And a lot of people are ignorant of it. And they're ignorant of the, of the following eight long years afterwards. And they're ignorant of the, the next four to five years it took to, uh, to get the nation actually under the one flag. It's amazing. 
just, just a quick story uh, or a comment, and then I'll give you a quick story. Um, my uh, father-in-law's family, uh, or uh, eight generations back, he actually fought in the Revolutionary War and won as uh, compensation because the country didn't have any money, kind of like we don't now, and uh, won, won land in what is uh, now called Portsmouth, Ohio. And he won a certain amount of land or was awarded a certain amount of land, and uh, we can go down there and actually find the square painted on a mural of a flood wall where he uh, founded that part of the city. And so, you know, we're very we're very proud that that, you know, was is part of our heritage. But I wanted to comment also on the fact that, you know, I don't think anybody really, well, some of us do, we realize what our forefathers went through and sacrificed. And, you know, it, it's amazing when you look at the American elections and how few people actually show up for very important presidential elections. And, you know, just want to take this, I'm not going to go completely political, but uh, elections do have consequences. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we have to get involved. You know, whenever you look at the election coming up, and, and of course, Appleseed is a not-for-profit organization and by our charter. We're not allowed to endorse anybody, and I'm not going to. Uh, I can because I'm an individual person. I'm not speaking for Appleseed, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to tell you that that it's a shame that that as a nation – we look at what we have, what we're giving to uh, as our choices in, in uh, just a couple of months, and it's just a shame that that's what that's what we've allowed to happen to us. That we've been we're forced to make uh, a choice between what I consider two not so great uh, candidates, but that's all we have. The only way we can get around that is to make sure that we're involved in the process from the very beginning. So that whenever people that that we're that we are involved in the process of putting people into the pipeline, so that when they come out at the other end and they are candidates for the president of the United States, that they are the folks that we that we were feeding in from the beginning of it, and that's the only way that we're going to be able to have any effect on who we end up at being given as choices. Uh, for President of the United States. Yes. So you've got to make sure that you are that you're involved down at the very at the very bottom level. That means making sure that you're voting in the primaries, making sure that you're voting in your uh, 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 city council and your uh, uh, your city elections, your county elections. Making sure that you're voting to get the right person in down at the very bottom level because. Uh, unless uh, unless something else happens, which certainly has happened in the case of one of the uh, uh, one of the choices for president, that uh, normally the person that uh, you are trying to uh, that you've been given a chance to vote for, they've been in this pipeline for a while. They started out uh, as a uh, as a city representative or a county representative and then move on to a state representative, and then move on to a national uh, representative, or there, or somewhere along the way. They've been in several other positions before they ended up as a choice for president. So you've got to make sure that that the folks that are being fed into it uh, down at the very 
uh, bottom level are the folks that you've been voting for in the primaries and everything else, okay? You have to make sure that you are involving yourself in this process, or you will be left with what we have now, which is – which is a choice that, that maybe we wouldn't have uh, that we wouldn't have selected ourselves. I'm not saying uh, I'm not going to say anything about one or the other. Okay, I'm just saying that uh, I think that there are a lot of people in this country that could be doing the job of president of the United States in a fantastic fashion, but they're not going to be. They perhaps they never will be because. They're not in the pipeline or because they are not going to be given a chance. One of the things I'm not so happy about with the Republicans is that it seems that they they don't give the best person a chance. It seems like they just give the person whose turn it is a chance. And yeah. I, I just don't know that that's so great for the country, nor do I think all of the uh, all of the infighting is any good for the country. Uh, it seems like most of the time now our politicians are only concerned with uh, winning for the team rather than listening to what is best for the nation. Uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that's ever going to be what's best for the nation. Of course, and George Washington himself said uh, the two-party system will be the death of this nation. Yes. Well, you know as kind of alluding to what you were talking about earlier about uh, these candidates, you know, they don't just, you know, run for the first time to become president. You know, they've, they've been in other offices and, you know, thanks to the, the electronic media, uh, the internet, YouTube, things of that sort. Uh, it's a good thing in, in my opinion, because uh, they've tipped their hand on what their, what their thoughts are. And uh, that gives us, as the voters, an opportunity to uh, scrutinize what this person said. We can go back a good number of years and said, well, you know, you said this particular thing at that point in time, that probably means you more than likely still believe it, unless, you know, they were just catering to that particular audience or something. But, you know, that would give me uh, a reason to question their their fortitude, unless they're serious about going all the way through and uh, having that same uh, thought process. Right. So, you know, it's, I just think I think it's a great thing to have this electronic media. You know, we we don't have to go through the rumor mill of, of saying, hey, I think I heard somebody say something about something that happened in, you know, this particular state or whatever. We we can actually go and, and prove it. Well, listen, whenever you got ready to uh, to go to the event, like you said, you heard about it from a friend who yeah. uh, who you trusted, and so you didn't need any other exposure to it. But had you heard about Appleseed before he told you about it? No, I hadn't. Okay, so that was well, this is what I'm talking about, guys, with the word of mouth. And you all know that this, you all see this at the events plenty of times, especially if you are asking folks uh, what you should be doing on Saturday mornings when they get there. You're doing your meeting and greeting, get folks to introduce themselves, where their where their name is, where they're from, and how they heard about Appleseed. So that way you know their name. When they say where they're from, that gives the other folks the chance. Uh, somebody says, "Hey, I'm from, uh, uh, you know, I'm from." Uh, 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 Austin, and the other person says, "Hey, listen, or he thinks in his head, I'm from Austin too. I'm gonna get with that guy, and we'll uh, we'll go shoot together to keep our uh, uh, our rifle marksmanship uh, up to speed." And then how they heard about Appleseed, and the, the, usually the the largest number there will say, uh, "I heard about Appleseed from this guy," and point to the person on their right or left. And 
or they'll say, I heard about it from my dad or from a friend or something like that. And I ask them, well, did you hear about, any, hear about it from anyone before? No. And that's all they need. Word of mouth is still the, the number one way to get folks to attend an event because it requires no previous exposure to apple seed. They hear about it from a trusted friend or a family member, and they go on it based on that person's word. So, uh, But a lot of other people will take multiple exposures to it, seeing a billboard, hearing about it on the radio, reading about it on a forum, until finally they say, okay, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to go see what this is about, and they'll flip the switch, and they'll go. Uh, but Cutter, so you heard about it from a friend, and you, you flipped the switch, and you went to the event. Was it what you, when you, when you got through and you look back at it, back to your experience, was it what you thought it was going to be? Well, actually, I don't want to sound trite, but it actually sounded, it was a whole lot more. Uh, I went in there, uh, and, and I'll say from the, the typical male point of view, I went in thinking, you know, I'm a pretty good shooter. I'm, you know, I'll probably I'll probably do very well at this. And uh, <laughs> my my well, you know, because I can go out and I can I can bust 23 clays with a you know in a round of skeet with no problem. I'm I'm pretty good at that, you know. I have the good right. hand-eye coordination. I'm not, you know, I'm not real shaky with a rifle. And this, this, uh, uh, that army qualification test tested me. I, I mean, I couldn't believe how difficult it was. And I was like, wow. And you know, uh, natural point of aim. Yeah, you know, I was like, I, I was never taught this. I was never taught these techniques and sling techniques for the hasty. And you know, now every time I look at a sling, I look at it and go, "How would I convert this? How would I? How would I do this type of thing?" And I and right. we, I went up there with a rifle that was totally not not set up for this this event, you know, because our late addition to the thing, I says, "I I know I need a 22 and I need to get there." And uh, it, it was really, you know, like like a day or so before the event, and uh, got up there and they they fit they fit us in, and uh, you know, oh, my son at 12 years old actually shot better than I did. <laughs> well, you know, you said a couple of things that I got to laugh at because, number one, the uh, the swing thing, because I guarantee you that's what I do too. And I know a lot of other people that do the same thing. When I see a rifle with a swing, I'm always, when I, when I look at it and I see the swing, I'm always evaluating the swing for its ability uh, to be used for what it was meant to be used for, which is to steady the rifle. So I'm always, yes. when I look at a rifle with a sling, I'm always evaluating the sling to see how well it could be used. If I look at a rifle without a sling, I'm automatically uh, thinking about how I could put a sling on it. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that's at the very top of my list, but, you know, when you look at something like a rifle or something, and, I'm, and that's one of the things that immediately clicks on, oh, no sling. Hmm, how would I fix this up? What would I do to get a sling going on this thing? And uh, and then the, the thing that you said earlier about, when you first heard about it, and you said, "Oh man, listen, I know uh, this is uh, you know I, I'm going to do really well on this because I've been shooting most of my life, and I know that I can uh, I can get a deer every year. I can shoot a uh, a rabbit with a 22 rifle from the back of a bouncing truck with a spotlight on it at night. Uh, so I know I'm going to be uh, going to be up there in the top ranks of this. So so I'm not, I'm only going to have to listen with one ear." Uh, to the instruction because I'm really that good a shot already, and yes. and most guys think that way. And what it comes up to, they they come up to that hard rock wall, which is the HUT, and 
and they're really surprised and a bit confounded when uh, when they get their first uh, EQT back, and they look at it and go, man, how did that happen to me? And it's because that, uh, from especially most of us that have been shooting a great deal of our lives have never been asked to shoot to a four-minute of art standard. You know, we've always been given, heck, like a, uh, gee, uh, like a 25 meters, we've always been given like a 40-minute of art standard. You know, we're right. not... We're not required to to shoot to four minutes of arc. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Appleseed, the four minute of arc standard that we ask you to shoot to, that is the equivalent. Uh, we're asking you to shoot in order for you to shoot to rifleman standards. What we want you to do is we want you to put 10 rounds into a postage stamp from 82 feet away in 60 seconds. All right? And even that to some people may sound like, well, you know, that's not too bad. Uh, now, it probably sounds better if you say 25 yards because that doesn't sound like very far. 82 feet sounds like a little bit farther, but 25 meters doesn't sound that big. All right, you know, postage stamp, 10 rounds, 60 seconds, uh, 25 meters, I think I could get that. The reality is that is that's a very sharp standard that we're asking you to shoot to. Now, it's not an unreasonable one. Because it can be done, and we prove that every time we hold an apple seed event, that we can get folks to shoot down to rifleman standards. But a lot of times, uh, the folks will experience the same thing you did, which is either a woman or a child that you bring with you as a man will end up shooting better than you. And you're saying, how did this happen? How did this happen? Is he just, this child from my loins, is he just genetically equipped to shoot better than his father? Well, uh, alas, what horror. Right. But that's not the case. What it usually is is just the fact that the person that doesn't have uh, 35, 45 years of uh, bad habits that they're dragging along with them, they're listening to the instruction because they're thinking to themselves, man, I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, the only way I'm going to have the only way I'm going to figure this out is by listening to the instructor and by doing what they say. Folks like you and I, we say, okay, I'm just going to listen with one ear because I know how to shoot. So I wish you would just hurry up and let me start proving to him that I know how to shoot. Let's go. Let's get this. Let's get this AQ thing going because I want to prove to you that I know how to shoot. And then it comes back with a uh, you know 150 or 140 or something like that, and, you, and that's when you start the oh my gosh, how did this happen? And uh, the the youth or the woman is steadily creeping up to where they finally surpass you because they're listening with both ears and they don't have any bad habits that have to be unlearned. So right. so that's, that is not an unusual thing for me to hear from folks. And how old was your son? Uh, Twelve at the time. Twelve at the time. Listen, that's about the perfect age too, I think, because by the time kids are around 12 or so, they're uh, – the ability to focus on what the instructor is saying and their attention span has increased to where it, it, the attention span can actually envelop the instruction and take it all in and then put it to use. A lot of times kids that are, that are much younger than 12, their attention spans sometimes are not, uh, they're not evolved enough to where they encompass the amount of time it takes for the instruction. They're, they get part of it, but 
their attention span, you know, uh, closes up somewhere in the middle or the or the around the two thirds section of the instruction, they don't get it. They have to keep going back over and over. But twelve is about the the best age, I think, for or, or it's about the age where folks begin to be able to accept the instruction and put it to use. And the other good thing I think about kids at uh, around twelve years of age or so attending events is that. <clears throat> A lot of times, this will be the first time that that 12-year-old has been uh, has been put in a situation where he is not just uh, he's not just on a line of peers. He is there in the company of adults, the company of adult men or adult women, uh, and and he is being asked to do the same thing that they are doing, and he is being treated as an adult just as they are. And a lot of times this is the first time these kids have ever experienced this situation where they've been given a rifle and they're being spoken to like an adult. They're being treated like an adult. And they're, the, the outcome of what they do is dependent only upon them. Uh, their dad isn't sitting there holding the back of the rifle or holding the front of it, or whispering in their ear, "Here, you got to do this now. You got to do this," and and they feel like, well, they couldn't have done it without their dad helping them. They're being they're they're being asked to do this on their own. That means that they get to uh, enjoy the fruits of their labors on their own. It's all theirs. They earned every bit of it. And this is a brand new situation for a lot of young men and young women. So I bet your son was very proud when uh, when he saw the effect uh, that he was having on the target uh, as he was shooting. Yes, and I'm a I'm a firm believer because you know as as a guy, uh, you know I think we think that we're all teachers or that we're all good teachers, and I've come to realize that the best teacher is someone who's maybe not in the family, you know. I leave it to, to teach my children morals and stuff like that, but when it comes to instruction in a new skill, you know, somebody outside of the family is often listened to better than than the father or the mother. They're like, okay, this guy's telling me something I'm not familiar with. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this because, you know, not that my son realized that we were paying for this and it was, it was a worthwhile event, but he paid attention to that person because it's not like, okay, it's my dad talking again. He's going to try to convince me to do this. They they really listened and it was just amazing. We were you know, we were we were amazed by the, the quality of the instructors and I'm like, well how much are these guys paid? You know, <laughs> you've got a daytime job. Oh, you mean you don't do this full you're not a firearm instructor. You know, and, and just you know, little bits of information. I and I may be giving the wrong person credit here, but it was it was poster boy that I believe that said, I believe every American person that's legally eligible should have a thirty caliber rifle and know how to fire it. Absolutely. You know, and when they get the, uh, they, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, and, and I says, well, you know, I've got a, I've got an eight millimeter uh, uh, rifle. It's a bolt action rifle, and he says, well, that's a good start, but you should have a semi-automatic thirty caliber rifle. He said that's better than nothing, and uh, he mentioned the the CMP, 
and which is a civilian marksmanship program. Uh, Anniston, Alabama is uh, the southern store, and uh, Camp Perry in northern Ohio is the, the northern store. Right. And he mentioned the M1 Garand, and I kind of giggled. I mean, i got to be honest, I kind of giggled. I says, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be cutting edge with a 60-year-old rifle. And, and then I saw what a 60-year-old rifle can do, and I went out and bought two of them. There you go. The best battle implement ever made. Yeah, I mean, when you when you go up to the stores and you look at them, you handle, you know, they've got they've got people there that that know how to. You know, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for a rifle that shoots very well, and I know I'm in the right place. But I also one that doesn't look like it was, you know, you know, beat to death at Iwo Jima. So, you know, can you help me find something that that it's in this price range and that works well? And they can point you. So you don't necessarily need to go get the sniper rifle, and you don't necessarily need to get the collectible rifle, but you can find a good, firing, accurate rifle that will outshoot you. I can guarantee you that M1 Garand shoots better than I'm capable of. Oh, absolutely. And let's, let me add at this point, too, for the folks that don't know, that uh, attending an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event will actually uh, satisfy a couple of the requirements that are needed, especially if you uh, if you cough up 20 bucks and uh, join the RWBA as a member. We'll satisfy a couple of requirements that are required uh, for you to get a rifle. And they're the only place in the world you will ever get uh, a rifle mailed to your door, uh, unless you are an FSL or a CNR license holder. The only place you'll ever get one mailed to your door is from the CMP, the only way that you'll ever have it happen to you. And, uh, and like you said, they will... Uh, they will help you out. They'll help you find the rifles. Uh, they'll help you get what you want. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you right now that uh, that in a very short period of time, in just a few short years, there will be none left, not from CMP. There will be none left. So you better figure out uh, if that's a priority for you now, then you better figure out uh, a way to get one. And going to get to an apple seed will settle uh, – satisfy a couple of the requirements for you to get right. one. Right. Uh, you know, for, for for me, it was uh, apple seed and a concealed carry permit put me uh, in the in the, the the running for the the grand. Now, I I did decide to uh, go to the store, uh, the CMP store, and actually pick the rifle that I wanted. Which is, you know, anyone can do that. You know, you can go to either one of those two stores and. And actually see the rifle that you're going to get. But if you if you decide right. to go through the mail order, they pick it for you. So there's an advantage to going to the stores. Oh, absolutely. And where do you say you're from, Cutter? Uh, Lancaster, Ohio. You're from Ohio, okay? Yeah. So you know, you're, it's right around the corner from you anyway. Right. Two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good deal. And if you if you if you can't uh, go, or if it's uh, or if it's too far to drive, like you said, you can. Uh, you can get them to they'll they'll pick you out a rifle and they'll send it to you and I'll tell you what right now too. Any any M one Garand is better than no M one Garand. Alright? Right. So let me just say that right off the bat. Any M one Garand is better than no Garand. And uh and because there are so many folks with them now, there are plenty of aftermarket stuff for it. If you get one and you want to get some new wood for it, uh, you know, or some new metal or something, there's plenty of stuff out there. 
Uh, there's plenty of barrels. There's plenty of stuff out there that uh, you can you can get for your rifle after you purchase it. And once again, Appleseed, going to an Appleseed event will set, and becoming a member of RWA will satisfy a couple of the requirements for you in order to, for you to get one, right? Right. Uh, all right, Cutter, I'm not going to hang up on you. You stay on the line, but I'm going to bring on another caller. Absolutely. Uh, we've got uh, Ed Heaver who wants to talk. Ed, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, it's exciting. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you. Uh, uh, every time we have the show on, I notice that you're there in the chat room uh, helping folks out and uh, answering questions and stuff like that. I want to say I really appreciate uh, the fact that you're, you know, dedicating, uh, you know, the time uh, to do that because, uh, that's one of the reasons we have the chat, so that people can come on there, they can ask questions, stuff like that. And we have uh, folks uh, in the chat room who can answer their questions. So thank you, Ed. Uh, you know, that, it, it's great that I can do that. Um, unfortunately, here in the near future, I, I might not be able to. Um, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is that recently I went and got my uh, NRA certification for rifle to be a NRA certified rifle instructor. Mm-hmm. And um it it was a very interesting experience and I, I would highly suggest that all apple seed instructors go and do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well tell us about it. What did you learn from that? Oh wow, I have a whole post in the forum about it. Um but you know it that they're very the they don't quite teach the positions as we do, and you know they have some other um, interesting notions. Uh, that you know it, they don't mention steady hold factors at all. So, um, I, and they rely on their students teaching other students, so that you know the instructor presents the information, and then the students are supposed to coach the other students. That's a part of their right. little participant um, involvement. You know, TPI. Um, right. It, it it's it really is quite fascinating, you know, all the differences between their program and our program, and uh, and you know, theirs is probably fantastic for you know introduction. I think ours is probably you know as good or better, but you know, it, it is what it is. But from an instructor standpoint, learning the differences is fantastic because there are certain things that they mentioned that you know are kind of just not within our realm because, you know, uh, the course that I went to, it was taught by some folks that are really heavily into um, small bore target shooting. And, right. uh, you know, there are, a lot, there are a lot of concerns for that that, you know, never never hit our radar screen because, you know, we're worried about poor MOA and they're worried about, you know, half MOA. Right. Right. And... Certainly, we'd love it if everybody shot to uh, 0.5 or uh, 0.25 MOA, but that is a goal that we're that we're just not going to achieve in two days. Where 4 MOA uh, is more of uh, is more of a uh, achievable goal. Plus. For MOA, now if you're going to shoot, if you're shooting small board or something like that, it's going to require you 
to be able to shoot. Instead of shooting a postage stamp at uh, 82 feet, uh, the uh, small board is going to require you to shoot uh, a fly with the wings pulled off at 82 feet. So there's a bit of uh, a difference there. But what we're teaching folks is we're teaching them to shoot to what is traditionally known as the rifle and standard. That means that we're teaching them to be able to shoot and hit a man-sized target at 500 meters with a rat-grade rifle and surplus ammunition using iron sights. And that's the that has been the traditional uh, standard of accuracy for the rifleman uh, in our American history. So that's what we're trying to teach to them. And, yeah, it is a bit different. And, of course, I'll tell you another thing, too, is that, that uh, almost none of the NRA rifle courses that I've been to have been the same. So uh, I think that you're right when you say that the instructors, the people that are actually doing the instructor, the instructing of that course are going to influence the way the course is run. Absolutely. I, um, it's, um, it, it has a and there was a lot of discussion on our forums about that, about how, you know, the courses that other people would went to were different and in what they had focused on. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense given the way that their training works. And it, it was a great course because it taught me a few things that um, I, I feel that are at least very important because you know, one of the things that I've been worrying about is that, you know, if you get a shooter on the line that, you know, shoots rifleman standards, Consistently, and say they're say they're about 220. What do you? How do you, as an instructor, help them become a better shooter? And you know, our standard refrains don't really cut it at that point. You know, you you have to learn more. You have to you know go beyond. Right, right, and and normally, if they're shooting the 220 range or something like that, it it is not. Uh, it is it's no different than the adjustments on your rifle and stuff. It's no longer a gross adjustment. Uh if you're shooting the two twenties, now you just simply have to you have to hone and refine your existing skills. The skills that they're already exhibiting. That means that they're just doing uh they're doing small things. Their their errors are no longer ten minute errors, you know, their errors are one minute errors. And those are the things uh like making sure that uh, they're controlling their breathing and they are firing in their respiratory pause, making sure that they have their eye focused on the front sight and that the front sight and they have their mind focused on keeping the front sight on the target. Uh, things like refining their trigger control, ensuring that they are not uh, dragging wood, that they have their finger curled and that they're pressing the, the trigger in a direct rearward uh, incrementally increasing pressure until the trigger breaks. It's just small refinements they have to make after that. And uh, and of course, I would I would much I would love to have all the shooters on the line shooting to 220 because it would make their job so much easier. But yes, there's that's that's two different uh, two different techniques that you would have to use uh, in instructing them. But at the same time, like I said, we're teaching our mission and the mission of the small board instructor are two different missions because we are, we're not teaching people to be perfect shots. We're teaching them to be good enough. 
good enough to shoot to rifleman standards. We're not teaching them to be to shoot in a competitive fashion. We're teaching them to shoot good enough, and that is the rifleman standard of four minutes of arc, being able to hit a man-sized target at 500 meters with a rack-grade rifle, surplus ammunition, and iron sights. But Appleseed is like a a launching pad, too, because if, if we can get them to that point, and there's no reason that they cannot take uh they cannot take themselves the rest of the way, but they've got to get to this point before they can launch themselves into high power or small bore uh or anything else so so you're absolutely right and i still and I firmly believe that uh, all of our instructors should be able to have uh n r a rifle uh n r a range safety officer. Uh, they should have these certificates, uh, you know, to follow their name too. Because uh, right now, NRA, uh, the NRA certificates are they're commonly accepted. It's like uh, the American dollar across the world. Uh, NRA certification is an accepted uh, accreditation, uh, and uh, and it, it's not that uh, an NRA certification is nothing to scoff at either. You know, they they take their job seriously and they usually do a really good job of it. And uh, and being certified as an RSO by NRA uh, can certainly help if uh when you're working with ranges and stuff like that. If one of the instructors is an NRA certified certified range safety officer, uh it can help uh it can help ease in the Appleseed event at a range. I agree, and and that is exactly why I I I went three weeks ago and got my uh, NRA RSO, and you know just this past weekend um, I I did the NRA you know rifle instructor course. Um, it, it's as I said, it, it's kind of fascinating how theirs are different, but it's also equally flat fascinating how they're the same. Um, it's you're you're right in that we're teaching for MOA standards, but I, the reason why I'm worried and why I'm concerned and why I want to improve myself is because those folks that are shooting better than rifleman standards, if they've come and that's their first apple seed, I want to have something to offer them, and I, I feel that it's important that you know I better myself to the point where I can at least say a few things that may improve them from, you know, 220 to 230. If if that's all I do, that's fantastic. So, um, by the way, and your previous caller that was in, um, uh, oh, where was he? Lancaster, Ohio. Ohio. Cutter. Yeah. There, there is a shoot coming up in Zanesville, Ohio, at the end of October, on October 27th and 28th. He can get to, and that's like, you know, 45 minutes down the road from him, tops. Well, he's on the line now. Cutter, you heard that, right? Yes, I did. Well, excellent. Well, what are your plans? Uh, Let me ask you, Cutter, this. What are your plans? uh, Now that you've been to an apple seed and you see what we do and you know why we do it, is there there any interest in the back of your mind or in the front of your mind that, uh, that, 
that you say to yourself, you know, maybe this is some way that I can help, or maybe this is something that I can get involved in. Have you thought about becoming an apple seed instructor? Well, uh, that that's a heck of a commitment. I, w- I would hate to make that commitment and then have to renege upon it. Um, I've seen what kind of dedication and work it takes to to be in there. Um, I travel quite a bit in my in my regular job, and, and I'm just going to tell you straight up that I just don't think that I would be a very good apple seed instructor uh, due to my schedule. Well, all right. Well, nobody we're, nobody's going to try and push you in it, but you, but who knows? Nobody ever knows. Uh, nobody ever knows what's ahead of them. Nobody ever knows what's around the corner. You know, you just there's no way of knowing. And uh, and now that you've been to an apple seed, you know what it's about. So you know, uh, maybe in the future, sometime you will something will change, or maybe you'll decide that uh, that maybe uh, maybe you should make some changes. You know, in order to right. to do something. So I'm just glad that you came. I'm glad you called in tonight too to let folks know about your experiences with Appleseed. And listen, i got another, and, and I'm not going to hang up, so you just stay on the line too, but i got another person I'm going to bring on the line with us because I, he said he's just listening, but I'm not going to I'm not going to let him slide by with that. Dragonfly, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself, brother? I'm good, I'm good. I'm at work. I'm at work right now. <laughs> Talk about busy oh, yeah? schedule. Yeah, you're talking about work your paying job or work your apple seed non-paying job. I work at my paying job. <laughs> well, uh, I just want to go ahead and bring you on since you're listening. Now, do you have a minute to talk? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, uh, tonight we're talking about uh, we're talking about the zombie apple seeds because uh, that is uh, an experiment by a California instructor on maybe. Uh, uh, on maybe helping to promote apple seed and getting it out uh, to uh, a different uh, group of folks who might attend because they like to shoot zombies. And while they're there, they may end up learning something about their nation. They may end up uh, finding out that uh, there's a way that they can help uh, safeguard the freedoms and liberties that they enjoy by virtue of living in this nation by uh, by helping out with apple seed. But the whole talk is really about promotions, and uh, Dragonfly is you're the well, the national promotions coordinator, and uh, we'd like to hear from you about uh, what you think uh, one of the best ways people can uh, can use their time because everybody has a limited amount of time, but one of the best ways they can use their limited amount of time uh, to help uh, in the promotions mission. Uh. There's all kinds of ways. There's so many ways the imagination can't even begin to imagine. Um, there's Facebook. There's tweet. We're on Twitter now in Wisconsin. Uh, there's there's so many different things out there. There's billboards. Uh, you've been working on billboards out in Texas. There's there's all kinds of all kinds of different ideas. Um, different things going on. I mean, it's, it's the imagination. I mean, it's think about it. Uh, if you're on Facebook and you've got an event coming up, um, put that event on your Facebook page and invite all your friends. Absolutely, all your, because all your everybody know what happened. That's right. Well, you know, the uh, a, a good portion of America lives on Facebook now, right? 
Yep. And that's just the way yep. it is. That means yep. that if you want to connect with a good portion of America, then you're going to have to learn Facebook and you're going to have to uh, to get involved there. So uh, I certainly agree with that. Social media, when it first came out, I was not real happy with it because uh, when it first came out and I was looking at it and listening to what people were doing, I was thinking about who in the world, why in the world should I care that you just washed your hair? What makes you think that you're so important that I want to know that you just washed your hair? And uh, and that is how some people use it. But it's not how everybody uses it, and it's not the way that uh, that folks can use it to its best effect. Uh, and certainly I use it uh, to promote the show, to promote Appleseed. And what I do is I make sure that I select people who think – like uh, kind of like I do, or that are in the shooting, somehow in the uh, shooting sports uh, industry, and I connect with them, and uh, I post events that are upcoming. And you know, I don't know that I don't know that anybody has ever come to an apple seed that I run that says I heard about it on Facebook. But regardless, I'm still putting it out to thousands of people every time I do it, so they're hearing about it. And hearing about something uh, uh, a number of times is almost always required for somebody to pay attention to an event. They have to be exposed to it many times over before they will search it out or what they'll, they'll especially for them to attend it, unless it's word of mouth from a trusted friend or family member. Otherwise, it takes a great number of exposures to it. That means you got to get busy exposing people to it and Facebook is one of the one of the ways that you can do it. Facebook and Twitter. Oh absolutely. Um I did my first um shot my first high power match um on Winnipeg this summer. It's like why aren't we you know well most of us are part of the gun culture anyways. So why don't we go out to events and talk about apple seeds? It's easy to do. You're there anyways, you're having a blast, having a good time shooting and you know it happened to be the guy next to me was uh, was having trouble. It was his first event. Handed him a card, say, hey, come to an apple seed, and uh, we'll help you out. Build the foundation, and sure enough, he was at uh, the next apple seed. And uh, he wanted yeah. to, he wanted to continue high power shooting, and and he wanted to learn. Um, and now it's a great way to build foundation. Um, was out at a shoot, uh, Suwamico, Wisconsin, uh, a couple weeks ago. We had all kinds of high-power shooters there. We had a couple of junior members there. We had one that's a um, high-power master expert, and he came out and shot. He scored riflemen, but he had a blast. He had a good time at it. Um, his dad is a high-power shooter. Um, uh, 12-year-old kid's a high-power shooter. He scored a 214 on Sunday Sunday afternoon. A couple, couple AQTs, and he finally finally got it down. But he had a good time. He's a, you know, he's a junior high-power shooter. Well, one of, the, one of the guys that I went to the uh, uh, the one boot camp, one of the guys I went through the boot camp with was a uh, competitive high power shooter. He'd been shooting uh, uh, competition. He'd been uh, for many years, I think almost forty years, and uh, he'd been representing the Navy and uh, in his state. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, when 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 we got through with the second or third day. He was saying, "I wish, I wish I would have started uh, this journey by going to an apple seed or to a rifling boot camp 
He said things would have been so much clearer, so much uh, easier for me to to understand, and it would have gone so much faster. Uh, so everybody, everybody learns something at an apple seed rifle marksmanship event. I tell folks all the time on on one end of the line, I'll have uh, the folks who who drove up and said, "Listen, I I've got I just stopped at Walmart on the way and I got a rifle. It's in a box in my trunk. Can you help me get it out and get it set up? No problem. I'll be glad to." At the other end of the line is uh, some guys that are in. They're in civilian clothes, but I can, I, I, being a veteran, I can tell from looking at them and watching them that these guys are soldiers, and uh, and they've got the gear, they got the rifles and the gear and stuff, and they say, uh, and I talk to them, they're getting ready to get deployed in, in a few months, but uh, between now and their deployment, uh, they're going to be going to the Marine Corps Sniper School, so they came to an apple seed in order to uh, to get. Uh, uh, to relearn the fundamentals before they went to the sniper school. So everybody on the line is getting uh, is getting what they came for, and oh, yeah. that's one of the things that I love about Appleseed. Yep, yep. We got an Army Ranger that's coming to a shoot uh, coming up there in Lodi. Um, he's, he was at a shoot last October, and uh, he learned a lot. He's bringing his kids, so you know there you go. He's he's a pretty good shooter, and he's bringing his kids out because he wants them to learn. How to be rifle hunt. Right. So, well, uh, I I I want to uh, I want to again tell folks that that there is no and I believe that you and I talked about this uh, the other day uh, that there is no real. Uh, uh, there's no golden there's no golden bullet for promotion. Yeah. Yeah, there there is no secret path, there is no uh uh you know no secret uh, shortcut. Uh the only shortcut of course is word of mouth. That's uh that's the only way that is not going to take uh exposure, multiple exposures, uh to apple seed in order to get somebody to flip the switch in ten. That means you've got to get busy in putting the uh, apple seed out there in order for folks to get exposed by it, to get smacked in the face by it. And it's not hard to do. Uh if everybody if everybody in the program took five minutes, uh five minutes once a week to do this, then we'd be getting uh every if, if it was everybody who is uh, a member of the forum and we could be getting 15,000 times five minutes, which is a lot of time. And that's just five minutes a week. Well, listen, uh, I got the, I have the British lady in my ear telling me we've got 90 seconds left. Okay. Okay, okay scrap that, 60 seconds. So I want to tell everybody, uh, everybody listening tonight, uh, thank you. And I want to tell all of you folks that called in tonight, Heretic. Uh, Cutter, Dragonfly, Ed Healer, I want to tell all of you guys thank you so much for taking the time to call in and speak to the folks. And uh, and I hope that you guys uh, will call in uh, next week and the week after and the week after that in order to make sure that, uh, that you are sharing your knowledge with the rest of the folks who are listening, all right? So thanks to, to each and every one of you guys and 
We'll see you again uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time. All right? Thank you all, and uh, and good night, everybody. Night, Scout. Night, guys. Thanks again for calling in. Thanks, everyone.
Yeah. 